0: My dear friends, we have the famous Numbers 21 today and the famous connection between Numbers 21 and the Gospel of John chapter 8. I remember the first person to teach it to me was the blessed Fulton J. Sheen. He has a beautiful homily about this, how the brass serpent relates to being lifted up on the pole, relates to Jesus being lifted up on the cross. And I remember too when I was studying Hebrew for the first time and I made another connection with this gospel, this word seraph uh, means burning, the burning serpents, the serpents with the burning bite, how that relates to the seraphim, the angels and the archangels in heaven, the burning ones. (laughs) It's another interesting connection. So there are a lot of Great theological and linguistic connections going on between these two readings today. But I'd like to focus on meditate on that. Those are good things to meditate on. But I'd like to focus on something a little bit different today, a different connection between these readings. And in our first reading, you know, we have the the Jews in the desert complaining. Complaining. You know, I think that's all right. There's something natural about that in human nature. God gave them something very difficult to do. This journey in the desert for 40 years, there's something very hard there and a little bit of grousing, a little bit of complaining I think is good. I think it's good if we reach out to our brothers and say, I had a rough morning yesterday or I had dark thoughts or I'm having a rough time right now. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's healthy and good. I think if it's too much, it becomes toxic. I remember when I was a mailman and, you know, the the mailmen, the letter carriers would all get together at some restaurant and meet up and have lunch together. It's a half hour of, you know, sandwiches and pop and, you know, bitter complaining (laughs) about work. (laughs) You know, even then I realized this is not healthy, you know, to have all this bitterness and complaining. So, I wouldn't go all the time. I would go sometimes because you have to be with your companions, but not all the time. Or we see this on the Internet today. You know, there's these toxic fan bases out there that are hating Star Trek or Star Wars or Doctor Who or uh, Harry Potter or the Marvel Universe. There's just this toxic complaining out there. So that's not healthy, but a little bit of complaining, I think, is human nature and okay. I connect that with something very difficult in the gospel and it is hard to hear and hard to think about, but it is the gospel. And Jesus says, That is why I told you you will die in your sins, for you do not believe that I am. I have much to say about you in condemnation. And that's not, a little bit of that is not okay. We don't want to be condemned by God a little bit at all. I mean, that's not good. We don't want to disappoint our Lord by the way we live. We don't want to let him down by what we do. This condemnation from God is not what we want to do. We want to do what the Lord has to do for us. The Lord always asks us to do difficult things, and we want to do it. We don't want to let him down and have him condemn us in our sins because we did not believe in him. You know, we want to die in forgiveness of our sins, not die in our sins and seek out that, the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, this is good. This is hard, but it's also good. It keeps us right on task to keep Jesus Christ in the center of our life. These other things are periphery, but to keep Jesus as the center of our life. Just like in any rose window, any round window in any church in the world, you'll see Jesus in the center or something that points directly to him. This is what this gospel is helping us to do, to keep Jesus in the center of our lives. I remember when I was ordained a deacon right there at Aquinas Institute in that beautiful chapel. Bishop Gatos came from Jeff City and he quoted St. Bruno that day because it was St. Bruno Day. And St. Bruno said, the world changes, or the world revolves, but the cross is fixed. Jesus stays the same. And what does Jesus do for us, my dear friends? What does he do? Well, collectively and individually, he's our Savior, he's our Redeemer, he's our Liberator, and he's our Healer. That's what he's doing in the world now. That's what he's doing in my life, in your life, right at this very moment. That's what he's always doing, no matter the circumstances. There's always people who have it worse than us. I recommend to you who haven't read them in a while or to look at them again, something like Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning or Father Walter Chiswick's He Leadeth Me. Or, there's, unfortunately, there's a plethora of examples from our last century of people who had it much worse than us. But no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on, Jesus is still our center, and we've got to keep centered on him. Not go off in the weeds, but keep centered on our Lord Jesus. And in our life, what's he doing? And in the life of the world, what's he doing? He's redeeming. He's healing. He's liberating us from the power of evil, and he's saving us.